Oh, yeah. Little ZZ Top getting it going here on a Tuesday edition of Sports Talk, 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-600. And the number nine gets you right on in and through to the show. Oh, it feels good to get the phone number right to kick things off here on a Tuesday. That's a tradition I'm planning on starting. No excuses, by the way, for the old number because I'm staring right at the new studio line right in front of me. So this means I have to look at the board a little bit more than normal. But that's all right. I'll make sure we get that done. Uh, he's Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplow. It's two and a half is what we're going to be with you for the rest of the week because Chihuahuas are home. And that means that 630 is when the cutoff time will be. We'll get the uh, greatest five-minute pregame show in baseball with Tim Haggerty as he takes the airwaves at the bottom of every hour at 630 and then delivers you Chihuahuas baseball. That's good. Uh, today's show is going to be a lot of fun, too. In fact, we have great guests uh, lined up, as we always do. Now, at 5.30, we're going to talk, get this, women's professional football, season two of the Sun City Stealth. So that's coming up 5.30. Uh, Studio Adrian, or phone. Yeah, they'll all be here. We're going to have members of the Sun City Stealth uh, stop by today. Uh, we will have se- two players and then the two guys who help bring this uh, you know, this football team to life. So I can't wait to talk some women's tackle football. They had their first game over the weekend, so we'll hear how that went, and we'll hear about their whole season for the rest of this year. Looking forward to that. Then at 6, Scott Stein's going to join us live and give us the class of 2020. 22 announcement, the official announcement for the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Hi, Steve. How did uh, yesterday's meeting go? Is there anything that you can reveal on the radio that is suitable for the radio and, and that we can uh, preview for this segment? No, absolutely no. Wow. I mean, let's, let's put it this way. We had some at the meeting, others via Zoom, and, you know, that was it. And, you know, it's... Hey, uh, the categories are tough. For people that don't know, there's going to be three athletes inducted, living athletes. Then you've got two coach administrators. You have one either in the media or the um, athletic supporter category. And then you have the official category and also the posthumous category. That's good. That's good stuff, Steve. We needed to set the stage for 6 o'clock, and I can't wait to hear the full class. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm in the dark. So the way it works is we voted either last night or today online. All the voting is online. There is no more voting in person anymore. And the reason is some ballots were always wrong. They they had the wrong numbers. So to throw that out, they've now electronically done all the ballots. The ballots closed at 3 p.m. today. So you could I voted last night. You could vote up until 3 p.m assuming you are a voting member of the Hall of Fame. And then the official class will be announced at 6 o'clock today. So, you know, I think it's going to be fascinating. I I really am. I I don't – there's some good ones this year, some really good ones. Coaches are unbelievable. Athletes are unbelievable. Um, The media contributor category is even more unbelievable because on one side you got Joe Manchin. On the other side you got Brian Kennedy. I mean, both so deserving. And, they got, and there's only one that can get in. so Makes things tough, it Steve. Does. Yeah. So I nominated Joe. Bo Bagley nominated Brian. Brian's been on the show a million times over the years. He's a close friend. But I nominated Joe last year, and I, you know, I told Joe, I'm going to keep nominating you until you get in. Simple as that. So we'll see. 
We'll see what happens. I'm excited. Sounds contentious. I don't know if that's the word. I'll say this. It's um it's gonna be really interesting to see how the votes turn out when it's all said and done. Because we've never done the whole uh, voting as electronic like this. There's always been that in-person um, aspect of it. But, you know, now they they have a system set up where if you vote for the incorrect number, it doesn't allow you to finish. You have to. It tells you and corrects you what the right number is. So this way there's no – it's it's foolproof, which is the way it should be. I'm glad they're doing it that way. And the fact that, you know, you can incorporate people via Zoom and stuff like that, it, it allows everybody to vote and be a part of this. Absolutely. Absolutely right. So that's our 6 o'clock hour. Then Hags at 6.30. And everybody's going to the ballpark tonight because it's opening night. Opening night festivities is a big deal. We've got the Chihuahuas taking on the Oklahoma City Dodgers. I mean, it's not just opening night, but it's opening night against the Dodgers, Adrian. That's, that makes it even more fun. Oh, for El Paso, it means Dodger jerseys will be there at Southwest University Park to greet uh, those, uh, you know, the AAA affiliate of uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're going to want to watch the prospects who are here in El Paso playing against the Chihuahuas. And uh, yeah, for people who are in El Paso who root for the Chihuahuas, this is uh, this is the one series that they take a break from rooting for uh, the the dogs and they root for the OKC Dodgers. We have so many Dodger fans here in the city of El Paso. So the Dodgers just began their season playing at home against Albuquerque. And that's, you know, a, a fun part about this whole thing. Um, in fact, they're, they are now 5-1 and one to start the season because they just polished off the isotopes, beat them 12-6 on Sunday, and they are loaded with prospects on that team, by the way. I'm excited about that. And if... If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if he's still if he's still with them or if he's back in if he's in LA, but how about the fact that Kevin Pillar is wow. playing center field and batting cleanup? Nice. Good stuff right there. And for uh, Chihuahuas fans, they'll get a chance to see lefty Ryan Weathers on the mound for them. And uh, Ryan Weathers did not have a good first outing. Uh, was talking to John Conniff of Mad Friars yesterday. The the Padres see him as somebody who they want as a starting pitcher down the line. They want to give him all the reps that they can so he can get those under his belt and try to uh, you know improve in terms of consistency. His first outing wasn't that good. Let's see what he could do in his second outing, which is, you know, interestingly enough, opening day for the home crowd here in El Paso. I'm telling you, keep an eye on Miguel Vargas, by the way. He's a 22-year-old third baseman, and he's another super prospect for the Dodgers. They're loaded. They're, they're, they're always loaded, and that's and this is no difference. By the way, terrific stuff with John yesterday. He reached out to me and talked about uh, that was one of the best interviews he's ever had. So, well done there. You did your homework. He was impressed, and thanks for uh, doing that in our 6 o'clock hour and giving John a little time. Oh, happy to do it. And uh, whenever we get a chance to talk to John from Mad Friars, it's always a good time. They follow the the Padres organization, farm system like no other. And uh, to shine a lot, some light on this team and, and this year's club, I think that was a lot of fun to do it with uh, John yesterday. I'm with you on that one. I am totally with you. So uh, anyway, good start to the show. We've got uh, some, some interesting news to begin things. I, I guess, Adrian, it didn't take UTEP very long to find our, um, a, a replacement for Katia Gallegos. Now, we already know that you're not going to replace Katia. I mean, she's local. She's somebody that um, has been the face of the women's program ever since she signed uh, up with UTEP and grew up here, was a star at Franklin High. You know, we were happy to have her for three years, all-conference-type point guard, somebody that was the leader on the team. 
But as we mentioned, something happened. Uh, we don't know what, but something weird happened uh, this season where some of the mainstays uh, are no longer there. And you look at the, the portal right now, Destiny Thurman's in the portal. Um, uh, Bre- Brenda Fontana's in the portal. Dagne, uh, uh, I guess it's uh, Dagne, is in the portal. And uh, Katya is in the portal. So uh, surprising news because nobody really thought Katya would play any place besides UTEP. Um, I'm sure that really caught the coaching staff off guard, but they really did not waste any time in uh, bringing uh, Jazion Jackson on board. And uh, Jazion is somebody that is going to now be the new point guard after almost three years exclusively starting for North Texas. Doesn't put up the huge point totals that Katia did, but she shoots 40% from the field. She'll dish it. She she led the team in dimes. She has a steal a game. She doesn't turn the ball over a ton either, which is really good news if you're UTEP because that's important. And uh, only turned it over like twice a game, which is a pretty good average for a point guard like uh, Jazion. And hopefully... Um, I'm hoping she's just known as Jazz because it's a cool name uh, and and gives the Miners a little stability in that backcourt, something they're def- desperately going to be needing with the loss of uh, Katya. Double J, you could go with uh, J- J- Jazz Jackson for short if you'd like. Uh, I like what you're where you're going with that, Steve. And well, yeah, they had to get somewhere. They had to get somebody at the point guard position. And by the way. I just went on the official media notes of North Texas to get her name pronunciation correctly because I had to make sure that we got it right because you could have said Jazion. looked like that could be the case too, but the correct pronunciation is Jazion. So, hey, that's, that's, now we know it, and, that's, uh, and now if you're UTEP, hopefully she becomes a household name for the Miners here these next two seasons as she's got two years left of eligibility. And how ironic, how ironic, UTEP goes to a CUSA opponent for now and a school that apparently they recruited Jazion out of at a, at a Dallas. She was at Skyline High. They went after her, and now she ends up uh, becoming a minor. I, I feel like we're starting to see this uh, become more common across Conference USA, interestingly enough, because this wasn't allowed. Uh, you know, just looking a half a decade ago, this wasn't allowed where you could get players from the same conference out of the uh, NCAA transfer portal. And now you're starting to see that. We're even seeing that among the men's players, where it, whether it's UTEP recruiting players out of Conference USA or Conference USA uh, schools recruiting UTEP players. So we've seen that already to start things off in this offseason. So not. Uh, too surprising, but it's an interesting shift in terms of college basketball where you could get your players from. You can get them from your own league. Hopefully things now will start to trickle to the men. Uh, We don't know when that's going to happen, by the way. I mean, uh, you wrote a story about really don't panic right now if you are the UTEP men, and I agree. That was four days ago, your minor talk mailbag. The sky is not falling for UTEP basketball. You put that up before the uh, the football uh, spring showcase. And uh, I agree with you. I think, though, that for fans, some fans want, like, they want to hear names now, Adrian. They, they, you know, they had the kid from Cleveland that they brought in the point guard uh, last week. We heard that as he committed to UTEP. Um, and uh, it was interesting, too, because once we heard that uh, North, uh, I, I guess it was what? Um, um, Rhode Island was interested in him. Right, Archie um, Archie Miller was interested in him. That right, that was that was really the school that you know. All of a sudden, uh, that started into play. But then he announced he was going to be a UTEP. Now you wonder, portal guys, uh, when will we start to hear? When are we going to know about Keontae Kennedy? Before, you know, the heck with the portal guys. You want to find out if the only 
real returning vet that that is a scoring machine, will Keontae Kennedy be on this team or will he go someplace else? Yeah. That's also something I think UTEP wants to know. Yeah, really good question. It's been interesting because if you follow Keontae Kennedy on social media, he's retweeting a lot of things in El Paso, but yeah, you know he's very active on social media, so you take that with a grain of salt. Uh, one of the interesting things I saw from uh, UTEP Athletics compliance this week is that this is the dead week period for signing week. It's a, it's a reminder that they can't hold campus visits, can't do contacts or evaluations, or uh, they can't do kind of like, you know, you know, they can't do camps to try to lure some uh, players here to town. Now, it's interesting because we got the news yesterday about, or today about Jackson. My best guess is that that was done last week. I have no insight or, or no, uh, you know, confirmation if that's true or not. They just did this uh, like a week and a half ago. Remember when Dead Week was also March 30th through April 7th? Same yep. exact thing as this? Yeah, I, I remember that, definitely. I don't know what, what this means right here. I don't know if they are allowing cam- uh, you know campus visits or what. No, but apparently not. It says no yeah. campus visits. Maybe yeah. maybe with uh, Jazz, uh, they had uh, Jazzy on um, last week when that in that window between you know the – um, the seventh and and uh, or the eighth and, and the tenth. Maybe they were smart and they just or the and they just put it in that window. It's interesting. Actually, they could have had her on Sunday because this this dead period is only Monday through Thursday. They they could have brought her in over the weekend and had that taken care of on Sunday, Adrian. Because really, it only started yesterday and goes through Thursday. Yeah, these sign these dead periods really don't make sense to me because I I really don't understand how they work. I know that uh, you know coaches, and I, I don't know about UTEP coaches, but I know that coaches across the country still contact players left and right. It doesn't matter what kind of dead period they're in. Uh, it's interesting because the national champions in Kansas, Bill Self, the head coach, he was actually uh, he's dealing with infractions of of actually recruiting during dead periods before. So you can kind of see how uh, how strict or not strict the NCAA is toward the signing period or dead periods, I should say. That's true. So I guess we could have players commit. However, they just can't come to El Paso and to the campus. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense there when you put it that way. Maybe it's unofficial visits in that sense. Uh, You're not hosting them as far as a workout. Maybe that's what the dead period really is right there. Hey, I've been told that the next two or three weekends, there are going to be plenty of uh, potential minors visiting the campus uh, here at UTEP. So starting this weekend, probably for the rest of April, we could see two, three, four at a time come into El Paso, and hopefully they leave with a uh, commitment to play for the minors. Yeah, because Rodney Terry, when he was here with the minors, he would get players here to campus, and then he would get them to commit as soon as they were about to leave. So uh, let's see what kind of turnover this new staff will, will be able to do with recruits that they bring into El Paso, what they show them around the city, and what they sell them on. It's be interesting. All right, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Get you through to the program. Hey, we're wide open for the first 90 minutes before we get the uh, Sun City Stealth uh, here into our Lubingo Studios, where Sports Talk originates from. Right now, though, as we wait for phone calls and tweets, let's go to Charlie One with traffic, then plenty more here on the Tuesday edition of Sports Talk. With a little U2 right now for you, 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-600 in the number nine. Get you right on in and through to the program. Busy five uh, and six o'clock hours on the show. Looking forward to getting Hags back. Hey, by the way, we're bringing story time back this year. Wow, okay. Yes. Good stuff. There's just too many good stories that Hags has. We can't just stop, can we? 
No, we can't. I- I'm happy that we're bringing this back. We've had hi- Hags hypotheticals in the past. Uh, hot takes. Hot takes were great. That, the Hags hot takes are probably my favorite because he would get fired up and angry during some of them, and I just thought that, and it, and it was so out of character for him. I loved it. I still can't go to the grocery store without uh, seeing people touching all the produce mm-hmm. and thinking about Hags. Exactly right. Exactly right. So that'll be fun. So Hags will be joining us in a little bit. And yeah, Friday will be a good time. Thursday will be live at New Mexico State University. I'll be out there on the patio right in front of uh, Mario Mocha's office before the spring game gets going. So we'll be with you from 4 to 6.30. We'll have all the new hires on the show. There's plenty of them. And uh, that should be uh, a lot of fun as well. Uh, by the way, um, Modelo Especial. Uh, along with NMSU bringing that, uh, making that happen. How about that? That's nice. Cool. They got an official sponsor for their there spring go. game. There, it's going to be good. And the show being live. That's going to nice. be a lot good of Good stuff. So. I'm excited. Me too. Um, I don't think I've ever been live in that location before. I've done shows from the Pan Am. I've done shows from the stadium. I've just never done one from his patio like that in front of it. That's uh, usually where they, they'll host uh, for football games. Have you ever been on that patio? No, I haven't. I've, I've never been there. No. You need to. You need to become friendly with Mario. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I like that. I'm down. All right. I'd, I'm. You know. So that'll be Thursday. And hey, we we you know six days early, we were there for the UTEP spring game, and now we're going to be at New Mexico State and and doing the same kind of thing over there that we did here. So it's perfect. It works out really really well. Would love to hear from you. Opening night. What do you want to see the most? By the way, uh, love the story. About the food at the game. I think that's very cool because you kind of want to know what you're going to get a chance to eat before the season hits. And there are 15 new menu items that Monica wrote about. And uh, some of these things look very, very tasty. Let's put it that way. Um, You know, they're bringing back uh, the carne asada fries. That's cool. Uh, I'm excited about the Buffalo Tender Sandwich. I think that's going to be really good this year. Um, I love the fact that soft-serve ice cream is coming from Chico's Eats and Treats. They're also going to have giant cookie ice cream sandwiches, floats. That's uh, My 9-year-old's probably salivating right now at all that stuff. Um, what is the Legato Dog? What is that? Uh, I'm looking at this right now. Bacon-wrapped hot dog topped with chili relleno. What? Oh and pinto my beans. God. <laughs> Spicy you have to ranch be... and guac. That's the greatest. That, you, know, they, what they've, you, know, they've, you know what they've done? They took my idea of a chili relleno burger and they've added it to a hot dog. They did do a chili relleno burger too, yep. Steve. Yeah, this year so, too? Yeah, this year as well. So they brought the chili rellenos back. That's awesome. No, I mean, I don't know if they've ever had Rianos at the ballpark. I just, I was just talking about restaurants. That was an idea that that I had years ago for uh, Rianos on a. Uh, so they stole your idea here, Steve. Well, this is interesting. Bacon wrapped hot dog top with a chili Riano, pinto beans, spicy ranch, and guacamole. Huh. If you want it in burger form, uh, form they have chi- the chile relleno burger, and that's uh, with a beef patty, mozzarella cheese, the chile relleno, and then the spicy ranch dressing. Wow. So last Wednesday was um, media food preview night, and I had a fantasy draft that I could not get out of, fantasy baseball draft. So I missed Media food preview. And by the way, even if I didn't have a fantasy baseball night, it would have been uh, Joel had a game. 
So there was no way I was getting out to the ballpark. But sounds like last Wednesday was the greatest night ever to be at a ballpark to go sample food. Yeah, I mean, they had talked to us. I mean, the the A-team talked to us about uh, their enhanced menu at the ballpark and how they were bringing back things. Even Brad Taylor talked with us about this as well. And now you're getting really a, a chance to see all the different things they're bringing. I mean, whether it's the mac and cheese, the barbecue nacho wings and everything that we've talked about. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting pretty hungry back here. I might have to eat that Chiloriano burger. That sounds like a winner, man. Win, win with the Chihuahuas. Here are some of the food items, okay? The carnitas patty melt, Texas toast with pork carnitas, provolone cheese, refried beans, salsa verde, lettuce, and tomatoes. The turkey club sandwich, for those of you looking to go a little healthier, Texas toast with sliced turkey, provolone cheese, lettuce, and tomato. I think there's bacon on that sandwich. I mean, I'm looking at that. Doesn't that look like bacon to you on the very bottom of the uh, Texas of the Turkey Club? Yeah, I, I'm looking at this too. I kind of remember when they used to have the Turkey Club. It, it came with bacon as well. So I'm, a, oh I'm going to God. say yes. Chuco Loco fries. Are you out of your mind? French fries smothered with chili con queso, bacon, green chili, Monterey Jack cheese, and spicy ranch. Oh, baby. That sounds unbelievable. Let's see what else we've got here. Um, The barbecue nacho wings. Nachos topped with diced chicken, lettuce, jalapeno, crema, barbecue sauce, and nacho cheese. They're also going to do mac and cheese, chicken, or pulled pork bowls. That's new. Let's see what else we have here. Good night, Irene. This is unbelievable. Um, We also have the... um, the carne asada patty melt. I think I mentioned that looks incredible. The carne asada fries, which are good. The chili cheese hot Cheetos. Now, hot Cheetos are a thing. And when you add nacho cheese, chili sauce, and jalapenos to it, do you think that that's going to almost take away from the hot Cheetos or enhance it? Enhance it. I think people are going to like this one a lot. Um, People in El Paso, they love the hot Cheetos. They love the Takis. They love all those things. I do too. Uh, I think this is going to be a a big one that a lot of people end up ordering. Chili cheese hot Cheetos dog. A hot dog topped with crumbled hot Cheetos, shredded cheddar cheese, and chili sauce. Thoughts on that? Yeah, that's... uh, I like it, Steve. I, I like the fact that they're throwing in this little spicy kick to this right here. I'm a fan well, of, of hot Cheetos. Listen to this. The El Vampiro Dog, a bacon-wrapped hot link topped with guacamole, spicy ranch, and also some uh, chiarillas crumbles. Oh, nice. So those are like the pork rinds yes. that they're just kind of crumbling on top of the yes, hot dog? crumbled pork rinds. Nice. I like it. I also like the desserts. I think the ice cream uh, sandwich is going to be a winner. Um, those are going to be good. And the five takeaways that uh, Monica put together was the Chiloriano burger, the turkey club sandwich, the Chuco Loco fries, and the mac and cheese pulled pork bowl. She put that Chiloriano burger up top. She liked that one. She did. She, actually, she put four takeaways for her five takeaways. I like that. That's even funnier. Well, maybe the fifth takeaway is the fetch the fun part. <laughs> maybe it's something like that. You know what the craziest thing is about Monica? She doesn't eat meat. Oh, yeah, that's right. So she had to that's go and true. see all these great creations. She couldn't eat them. Yeah, she could eat the fries, and that's about it. Exactly. That's right. yeah. Exactly. She probably have the um, 
She can she could even have the mac and cheese. I don't know what she. Could she do. could have the chile relleno burger, just no burger, like no patty. You know, just throw the chile relleno on there. Do you think we need to get Monica on here and just give us a sample, like an, an idea of what this thing sounds like? Yeah, like a breakdown. All right, yes. maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do that. Thirty-one past. Let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. Nine one five five zero five six hundred and the number nine. That's nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Get you right on in. And through to the program. All right, so I am convinced dining will be awesome this year at all the baseball games and the soccer matches, for that matter. And, you know, I didn't even think last year was that bad. I mean, I know it was bare bones coming out of COVID, but I love the idea of mobile ordering, Adrian, and how I could order and and, and pay for it in my seat. And then they texted me when my food was ready. I thought that was the greatest because... There's nothing worse than having to sit in a line for a half an hour, missing an inning or two, while uh, you could be basically doing it all from your seat. I almost forgot about this when I went over the weekend to the El Paso Locomotive FC in their matchup, uh, and then I saw the little QR code, and I was like, oh, that's perfect, because the lines were long. People had, I think, forgotten about that mobile ordering system, and the cool thing is, whether you're going through the Durango entrance or the Santa Fe entrance, they've got the QR codes like right when you walk in, so you can just scan that right away, and while you're going to the, your seats, you can start ordering. What'd you eat at the game? I just had a, no, I just had a hot dog okay. and, and a drink. So you kept, a, you kept it simple? Yeah, kept it very simple. How about the match? Match was impressive. Oh, it was great. I mean, I didn't expect them to win by that much. I didn't expect them to win, period. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I I knew that um, uh, Oakland, when they were coming in, they weren't that good on the road, but the the match experience was awesome. I was talking yesterday, Steve. I got a chance to sit next to Ben Wallace, the Utah volleyball coach. Uh, We had good seats. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. So you ended up next to Coach Wallace. Yeah, he's a huge uh, Locos fan, and he was uh, out there supporting the Locomotive FC. He was excited that they got a big victory, and he's excited about this offseason for Utah volleyball says that they're retooling with some really good players. Good. That's the way it should be. I'm excited for uh, Coach Wallace, too. 34 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. And we do have a line ringing in right now at uh, 915-505-6009. Get you right on in and through to the program. So, again, if you uh, would like to call and want to talk to us about uh, your the, the food uh, you're excited about most for uh, Chihuahuas and Loco season this year, we'd love to hear from you. Or if you would just like to call and uh, talk a little sports on the program, NBA playoffs starting tonight with the play-in game, and it's going to be a surreal experience. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like going to Brooklyn, tipping off in 25 minutes, and after the uh, the subway shooting today out there in Brooklyn, it's just going to leave a real hollow feel at that basketball game. I mean, it's a play-in game. So, you know, Brooklyn's trying to survive. They're going to go up against Cleveland. And it's done. it just seems it doesn't seem right. It really doesn't because it's a horrible tragedy that happened earlier today. And Brooklyn's got to play. And that's that's the hardest part. I mean, you, you sometimes you wonder, would they, even, would they cancel the game? They're not. It's a play-in game. They're not going to delay it. But that's going to be a real strange type of atmosphere there tonight. Yeah, very emotional atmosphere, Steve, after the tragedy that happened earlier today. And I know that the uh, Nets had sent out a release. They said that they're devastated about the subway shooting. I'm surprised it's happening today. Surprised they're not pushing it at least one more day to tomorrow. Uh, you know, just when the other uh, play-in tournament games are, are taking place. But uh, nonetheless, I guess that's uh, that's going to be the case where the Brooklyn Nets will take on the Cavs tonight. Well, it's a TNT doubleheader tonight with the two games, and then uh, tomorrow's play-in games are going to be on ESPN. 
So I guess the dilemma is since TNT gets it tonight, ESPN gets it tomorrow, maybe TV. It's always got to be about TV, Agent. Maybe they just couldn't accommodate. Who knows? Yeah, and TNT maybe couldn't slide anything in tomorrow, even if they wanted to postpone it. So uh, nonetheless, they're going to do it today. Let's go to Lance. He joins us next as uh, Sports Talk continues at 505-6009, our telephone number. Lance, welcome aboard. What's going on? Good afternoon, Steve. How are you doing? Today? Wow. Two calls in two days, Lance. I don't even know what to say. Doing well. How about yourself? This might, this might be a habit. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm doing well. It's just uh, terrible news that we heard. and you know, But um, the whole uh, Frank Vogel thing was surprising to me, and I'm not sure what the Lakers are going to do moving forward. We talked about it yesterday. Um, I'm so interested to see who they hire in in terms of trying to replace a guy like uh, Vogel. And, you know, then, you know, you've got Russell Westbrook slamming Vogel after he's out of a job. So the whole thing is surreal. It's a a bizarre situation. And, unfortunately, uh, the Lakers franchise, which has always been among the best and classiest in the NBA right now, is completely on the way down and considering who's on that roster and what they have, there's just, there's just no excuse for it. So I'm like you, Lance, I can't wait to see what the Lakers do there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, where they, what, how they go from there. The other thing I wanted to say was that I was watching this morning on sports center that, uh, there's some predictions. The Raptors could sweep the 76ers. What are your thoughts on that? Again, I don't know if if a sweep is going to take place, but the Sixers just don't seem right right now. And that's the funny part about it. Adrian, ever since they acquired uh, James Harden, it just doesn't seem like, at least at this point, it's really working. It's kind of a a little bit out of uh, of place right now. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the acquisition that the Lakers had with uh, Russell Westbrook. They thought they were going to get something, and they got something completely different. And with James Harden, as soon as he got to Philly, he looked way better than the last part of his Brooklyn stretch. However, uh, since then, he can't get by defenders. He's not hitting shots like he did before. He can't play defense. Uh, there are a lot of people who says, oh, well, he has some great post defense. Well, I, I don't buy that either. Yeah. I think it's going to be a very competitive series, and I think it's going to be one of those series where you're going to need Matisse Thibel to be at his best defensively for Philly, uh, but they're not going to get him for road games because he is unvaccinated and Toronto has a vaccine mandate that he has to be vaccinated in order to play uh, in in Toronto against the Raptors. Lance, I don't expect a sweep, but if I had to pick a team to win this series right now, I think I would take Toronto over Philadelphia. Yeah, and how many games do you think, Steve? Uh, that's a that's a tough call. That's a real tough call. Um, I don't I don't think it goes the distance. Adrian, if you had to give a gut uh, gut th- you know, prediction, what do you think it goes? I still think Philly six. I, I'm take, I'm still taking Philly because you have Joel Embiid on that team. All right, I'll. Uh, I don't think it goes. I'll go Toronto and I'll go Toronto in six. I got to give Philly two games. I can't. I just. I can't see them getting swept or getting beaten five. So I'll go Toronto in six. Lance, what about you? Um, I'm gonna take. I'll take Philly in seven. I think Embiid, I'll agree, is sort of the 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 one thing. It's the the one that is a, a game changer. All right. 
Good stuff. Hey, appreciate the call, Lance. Thanks for getting in twice in two days as we continue here at 20 in front of 5 right now as Sports Talk gets rolling. Uh, again, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Back with more. Sun City Stealth, about less than an hour away. They'll join us uh, coming up in our 5 o'clock hour. And then Scott Stein to begin our 6 o'clock hour as we continue right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Coming up Thursday... We will be live at New Mexico State. You heard the commercial a moment ago, and we talked about it earlier. What you might not know is later this month, uh, Adrian and yours truly will be taking Sports Talk on the road. We'll be bringing the uh, Lubingo Studios to Las Vegas. We'll be broadcasting live from the 2022 NFL Draft out there at Caesars. Excited about that. We'll be in the media workroom and giving you uh, two days' worth of broadcasts. Uh, the Foss will be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing Steve and uh, and, and, and company. It's going to be a fun, fun uh, two days for us. NFL Draft and Sports Talk Live brought to you by 915 Tours, Taco Avocat, Longhorn Distributing, Palo Verde Homes, and Expert HVAC and Refrigeration. And there's more to come, by the way. We are uh, adding sponsors on a daily basis. In fact, if your business would like to get involved, just drop us a line, sportstalk at krod.com. You can email us, sportstalk at krod.com, and we'll get back to you. And, hey, we'd love to have you on board for what is no doubt going to be the biggest live extravaganza that this radio show has pulled off in about a decade. We used to be live from Oscar De La Hoya. We've been live from New York City. We've been live from spring training. We've done uh, every kind of uh, broadcast imaginable, but not the NFL. First time we are with the Shield. So that is going to be a lot of fun for us. And uh, to make matters even more fun, it's Adrian's first trip to Vegas. So can't wait to make this a reality and uh, deliver what's going to be a fun uh, two days of, of live broadcast. In fact, we're flying out 6 a.m. on Thursday on a direct nonstop that gets us in at like 6.30 in the morning, and that's exactly the way we want to roll as we get into Vegas uh, on show day. Yeah, I just recently did a 6 a.m. flight. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, there's not a lot of people at the airport. You can get your coffee. You get in. You get out. And before you get your day started, you're in the place that you're going to. So that's the best part about it. Can't wait for this trip. Uh, I'm looking forward to the first and second rounds that will be there, Steve. And this is going to be a very highly anticipated draft. I mean, uh, there are a lot of teams out there who need quarterbacks. There are wide receivers galore yep. on the boards. Uh, I, wh- whether or not Aiden Hutchinson will go number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of great storylines going into this NFL draft. I'm with you. So NFL Draft uh, 2022 Sports Talk Live. Uh, bringing the Traveling Road Show out there to Caesars, and that is going to be uh, a lot of fun for us. And again, if you're listening and you want to jump on board as a sponsor for our show, we'd love to have you. Just email us, sportstalk at krod.com. All right. Uh, Plenty more as we continue uh, with the broadcast right now. And um, let's talk about the play-in games. I mean, can the Nets take care of the Cavs 
after everything that went down today. And then later on tonight, we got the second part of the doubleheader. This is a fascinating game. Clippers and T-Wolves. Uh, that's going to be tipping off at 730. Yeah, I, I actually see the Nets rolling through the Cavs tonight. The problem with Cleveland is they're dealing without Jarrett Allen, who's been their uh, center all year long, been one of their best defensive players, and uh, he also played for the Brooklyn Nets. He was part of that deal when they sent away James Harden in that three-team trade. He ended up being rerouted over to Cleveland, and he's starred with the Cavaliers ever since being there. I like Darius Garland. I like what Cleveland has done uh, this season to try to come up from the gutter pretty much Kevin Love we we didn't think he would ever play for a Cleveland uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers again but he did this year and he's up for six man of the year he he's really had a a real nice bounce back season for Cleveland so let's see what happens tonight I'm I still would take the Brooklyn Nets in this one because of simply because of Kevin Durant and uh, of course Kyrie Irving what do you do in the late game because the Clippers actually won three out of four against Minnesota this year uh, the T Wolves have a better record. They're forty six and uh, and thirty six. The Clippers are forty two and forty. But you look at what the Clippers did down the stretch. Now, granted, four of their five wins were at home, but they did post victories over Phoenix, um, over Milwaukee. They put they hung one hundred and fifty three on Milwaukee, which is unbelievable on the road. Beat them one fifty three one nineteen. T Wolves lost two of their last five games. So as you look at this series, how do you see it shaping up? Yeah, actually, I still take the Timberwolves tonight in that winner-go-home game. I I really like Anthony Edwards, and I don't think he was healthy through the last stretch of the season, but I think right now he's at his his most healthiest he's been all year long. Uh, It's not just Anthony Edwards. It's Jared Vanderbilt, who's been um, a a real nice piece that they've added uh, this past year. And I also, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, that's their leader right there. This is the kind of game where he's Slows it down. He uh, goes up against Zubac and he and he scores 32 points in route to victory. I I think the Clippers shouldn't be overlooked. I would actually think that they can make this one a lot closer than the Cavs can make that game against the Nets as close. Uh, the Clippers are strong because they've got Paul George right back. Norman Powell's playing sharp for them. Uh, let's see what they can do on the road in this game. If they end up playing in that next game and they bounce out of this game, uh, I still see the Clippers making it into the playoffs, Steve, because I I, I think that they can beat. Uh, those two teams, uh, you know, in tomorrow's playing game. That's right. So again, those are that's the storylines right now. And you think Cleveland could do the same thing if they lose to Brooklyn? No, no, I don't. I think the Hawks are going to win that one. I, okay. I actually like the Hawks out of that. All right. When we come back, hour number two. Stay with us. Sports talk continues right here. It's six hundred ESPN El Paso. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. It's going to be a busy one, folks. Sun City Stealth will be in our. Lubingo Studios uh, coming up in just about 17 minutes, maybe. That's about right. I'm trying to be as exact as possible. So we'll look forward to having them in our Lubingo Studios in our 5 o'clock hour. And then we've got uh, Scott Stein from the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame at 6. He'll be revealing the class of 2022. And there's some great nominees. Terrific nominee. So this is going to be fun to see who gets in this year. Adrian, I'm excited about that. Yeah, Steve, I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, there, it seems like there are some really great names up for this 2022 class. And yeah, six o'clock can't come any faster. I'm I'm ready for this one. And then we get after that we get Hags on. How great is that going to be from the ballpark? 
Yeah, a doubleheader right there in terms of our guests uh, in the 6 o'clock hour. And it's opening day. Ryan Weathers on the mound for the Chihuahuas. Uh, speaking of weather, man, it's it's pretty crazy out there, Steve. The the weather is insane because of all the winds. And hopefully tonight it'll calm down at Southwest University Park for opening night. Somebody asked me, are they going to cancel the game? I said, they're not going to cancel because no. of wind. All they're going to do is have to uh, they're just going to have to water the field a little bit more than normal. That's all. Just water the uh, dirt to keep it from uh, shooting up in the face of all the infielders. I will say I have seen on social media, thanks to El Paso Times' Felix Chavez, that there have been some high school games that have been uh, rescheduled from tonight due to the high winds. Uh, but no, not the El Paso Chihuahuas. But, uh, they will play on. They're professionals. That's right. You got to play in the elements. Uh, you definitely do. Hey, UTEP softball canceled the game to, due to winds I the other weekend. That. Listen, I, we played high school ball in wind, and sometimes it was so breezy where the dirt would just get in your face, your your mouth, you'd be chewing it, and that was just, you, know, you did that. You just That was part of what we had to do. You just played in that kind of stuff. It was awful. It was awful weather, but we played through that. Yeah, tough it out, you know. Uh, football never cancels uh, unless it's like a lightning delay or something like that. So you won't see that happen in the sport of football. But, yeah, I mean, you're just seeing that happen across town for some high school fo- uh, baseball teams out and softball yep. teams as well. That's true. So the playoffs uh, begin tonight in the uh, NBA hockey playoffs right around the corner. That's going to be fun. Playing games in the NBA. Hey, by the way, I'm going to ask this question to people out there listening at uh, 505-6009, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Every NBA playoff series goes seven games, with the exception of these play-in games. Is that Should the NBA just do best of five for the first round? Because, I... because not only do they do best of seven, but they do best of seven, 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 meaning... Two at home, two with the uh, road team, then one at home, one at road, one at home if necessary. So that's how they do it. It's not like it's a 2-3-2. It is 2-2-1-1-1 for every NBA playoff series. And we already know how they space it out, thanks to television, with TNT and uh, ESPN. Is, Is it too much? Seven game series. Should they narrow that down to five in the first round? And if they keep it at seven, should they do something about the travel? Because it's a lot of traveling between games five and seven. Lots. So, I like to throw that out there. I always feel like the playoffs last forever. And I like a best of five instead of a best of seven. The games mean more. If you lose one or two games in a best of five, you're done practically. But in the best of seven, you could lose your first two and still come back and win the series. Yeah, it frustrates me at times, Steve, when now you're starting to even see players take nights off from the playoff games. And you're like, oh, come on. I mean, th- that should never happen right there. Make it ga- make it five games. Speed it up a little bit more, too, you. because you shouldn't have playoffs drag all the way into June and July. You, you, should, ha- you should be done in June. Uh, the NBA playoffs are a little long, and it's Kind of, uh, it kind of resembles the season. The season's too long as well. I agree with you. Let's go to the phones right now. Speaking of the NBA, here's John joining us next on the show. Hey, John, welcome aboard. What's going on? How are you? Not a lot. Just here, ready for tomorrow. Go Spurs. Oh, that's right. The Spurs. I almost forgot. It's a big one. Yeah, um, big one for sure. Uh, I think they'll take care of business. Um the way DeJounte's been playing this year and Keldon, it's just, they have totally gone off. 
and it's gone unnoticed. Yep, I'm with you, but but the Spurs have to win because if they don't, they're out. So this is like a, you know, it's it's simply put, you got to win, and then you're going to have to win again. So it's a tough situation for whoever gets out of this series. You know, you got to win twice. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it is what it is. As far as uh, tonight's games, I guess, um, I think Brooklyn's going to win, but I don't think they're going to go very far in the playoffs. What do you think um, in I terms think, of like uh, in terms of how deep they can go? What do you predict? Maybe you think they're going to get out in the first round? Yeah, probably, and then lose in the second round. I'm thinking, or to either Milwaukee when it, whenever they play Milwaukee, if they even get that far. I th- I think Milwaukee's going to run run away with the East because I I don't trust the Sixers either, Steve. I no, really I don't. don't. The Sixers might not even get um, out of their Toronto series. I'm, I'm picking Raptors in six. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen, but nothing against Embiid. What he has done to me, he's my MVP this year. Over Jokic, but, huh? Yes, over Jokic. Why? I mean, yeah. you look at Jokic's all-around numbers, they're ridiculous for a center. Centers should not be uh, throwing down triple doubles like Jokic does. No, you're right, but the way I see a Steve with Embiid, nothing against Jokic. What he's doing this year yeah. is also great, considering he doesn't have Murray most of the year. Okay, but Embiid was handcuffed with Drama Simmons for like half the year before they decide to get rid of him. That's true, no doubt. See, that's the thing. Both guys, both guys had nothing to work with for much of the season. That's the funny thing about it, really. So, I don't know. I mean, it's too bad you can't have co-MVPs. Probably be a good year to do it. Yeah, no, it, it would be. It would be. Uh, Steve, last thing regarding the NBA. Um, I have to do this. I've got to slam on Braun. Okay. Um, slam away. Nobody is talking about this as pertaining to the other day when Vogel got fired. I don't care what kind of a season Braun had. Look at all the coaches that he has gotten fired in his career. He has a bunch. You can you can Mike name them. Brown, yeah, Vogel. I think Silas was another one. That's at least three, and I know I'm missing at least a couple more. And David Blatt, Luke Walton. There you go. David Blatt yeah, and Luke, Luke Walton. Walton. Adrian just came up with two more. One. Yeah, nice job. Nobody talks about it. Wasn't they Blatt the one that said he was thing. a fighter pilot? And that was his great comedy. So he talked about like how he was like a fighter pilot during uh, when he was coaching or something, some weird thing like that. Yeah, I think so. He had some weird comments toward the end of that stint. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. It's true. I mean, so one thing you say about Jordan – then again, Jordan never got anybody fired because they always won with Jordan. You know, you weren't going to fire Phil Jackson. They fired Doug Collins just to get to Phil, but they hadn't won at that point. So I understand what you're saying when it comes to coaching turnovers. I get that. But but the thing, too, you, you say that Braun has never won, yet he's gone to the finals like 10 times. No, I said no, I didn't say Braun has never won. I said that Jordan, when Doug Collins was fired, it was because oh, yeah. he hadn't won, and that's why they brought in Phil, thinking he could win, and then the rest is history. Oh, yeah, of course. But that, that's one thing I don't get, guys, is why Braun gets a pass. And, and pertaining to Westbrook, 
just for one minute. This dude really needs to stop doing press conferences because of what he said the other day. Oh, but they're so entertaining, aren't they? I mean, they just they just make you scratch your head and and I mean, all he's doing is digging a bigger hole for himself. Oh, of course he is. I mean, to me, Steve, I, I know we've had this discussion over the years. Yeah. And Scottie Pippen is the most overrated NBA player of all time. For me, not anymore. It's Westbrook. You look at all the talent he's had around him, and he's never won anything. Well, I mean, listen, as much as I dislike Scottie Pippen, and that is documented over the course of the 20-plus years I've done this show, um, you could make that argument for Westbrook. You could. Great scoring machine over the over his peak years, but he really never made anybody better, which is supposed to be the that's supposed to be the mark of a, of of an all time great. Yeah, and and to me too, all those triple doubles he had the first one I was impressed with because it hadn't been done in like fifty or sixty years. After that, I'm just like, okay, whatever, just stat pad away. All right, so you but consider you impressed. consider Russell Westbrook more overrated than Scotty. Pippen in his of NBA course. career. Yes. I can't. Now, I, no, to me, Scotty's still the most overrated player in the history of the game. Guy's on the all-time list every time because he because he basically hung out. He hung around Michael Jordan's jock for all those years and let him carry yes, him. Yes, you're, you're right, and I agree with you. But when Westbrook's career is over, how are we really going to look at him? I'm going to look at him as a stat patter a dude who never helped anybody get better, never won a ring. To me, he ran KD and Harden out of OKC. Everywhere he's been except for maybe Washington, he's been a cancer and a problem. I don't know if he ran Durant and Harden out. I think those guys just wanted to get out of his shadow, wanted to make they wanted to star themselves. Cuz remember Harden was like the he was like the third wheel on that team and then when he got out of there, that's when he exploded. Durant, I think Durant just got exhausted in that series and he just wanted to get an easy the easy way out to go win. He went to Golden State. No. Well, Agree to disagree on that one. Fair enough. I, Fair I, enough. I, I, I think he ran him out. All right, John, good stuff. As, all, as always, I appreciate the call. Uh, 14 passes, we continue. Adrian, your take on uh, John's phone call before we go to break. Yeah, there's three options for Was- Russell Westbrook right now. It's either agree to a buyout, which I don't. Th- I think he's too prideful to do. It's not going to happen. Uh, number two, he gets traded to the Indiana Pacers, and that you know for that it's Buddy Heald and Malcolm Brogdon. Nothing too special for the uh, the Lakers. And number three, maybe he gets shipped over to the New York Knicks. Steve, I'm not kidding. Maybe he goes there for Julius Randle and uh, and change whatever. You, you can just throw him out. Over over there in New York, let him pad his stats, let him put up whatever kind of points he wants uh, until Russell Westbrook learns that he needs to do what Carmelo Anthony did, and that is transform his game to be more of a, you know, uh, I guess adhere to his age more but he's often. he's on the downside of his career. Yeah, that's why he has to play second fiddle. He they can't play the, the uh, star say, guy. You were smart about the Knicks. They got to move Randall, and I don't know how they're going to do that with that contract because you got to give Obi Toppin a chance. You saw what Obi did the last game of the season. He went nuts. Yeah, I like Obi Toppin. 
top, and they need to continue to build around him. I agree with you. Okay. Sun City Stealth coming up right after the break. But first, uh, let's talk about uh, Nada. Nada was moving to another city in Texas. She needed to sell her home in Northeast El Paso. Within a week, one week of signing with Brian Birds and his team, an offer was received. The home was quickly under contract for $5,000 over the list price. Nada was very, very happy that her home sold so quickly and for top dollar, and the whole process was smooth. That's what you get each and every time. Now remember, you need to find that sweet spot when listing your home. Not too high where it doesn't sell or too low where you leave money on the table. You need Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team powered by EXP Realty. Brian can guarantee to sell your home for a price and deadline you both agree to, or he'll buy it himself. That gives you the chance to make an offer on another home without fear of ending up with two mortgages because you know when and for how much your current home will sell. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP and El Paso Locomotive FC and the Rhinos and the Chihuahuas, the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Brian Birds today, 751-1500, or Google Brian Birds and start packing. Right. As promised, welcome back to Sports Talk. Sun City Stealth are here. We have Derek. We have Robert. We have Cynthia. We have Stephanie. So we have the coach, the business manager. We have the quarterback. And we also have an offensive lineman. Adrian, I feel like we've got a little bit of everybody here in our Lubingo studios today. Yeah, it's like the uh, the entire front office came along with the players and, and the coaches. I love it, Steve. We got everybody from the stealth. Now, I admire anybody who plays football because I think that uh, it is, without a doubt, one of the toughest sports to play. And the fact that we have a, uh, a female team that's in their third year now. We always say if you can get through year one, you're in good shape. You get through year two, you're really doing well. So now... Uh, Derek, you've gone through the first two. This is year three. Congratulations on that and playing your first game. It was a close game, a hard-fought game in which you went down 36-23, but now you got a chance to come home and change things up uh, with your first home game. Yeah, first of all, thank you for that. And, yeah, it was pretty exciting for the first game. We had a lot of new people in there, got a lot of veterans in there. And uh, we went out there and we played hard. You know, we made a couple of key mistakes at – wrong times and everything else but for the most part we did a very good job at uh everything that we tried to accomplish um we just fell short and you know we're looking forward to this next game this weekend against the Arizona Outcasts which is actually the national championship runner-ups for wow. division three so we're gonna have a pretty good game next next Saturday well you just played the Rocky Mountain Outcasts right so Rocky Mountain first? Thundercats. Oh, that's a Thundercats. I should yeah. call them the Outcasts. Well, they probably were the Outcasts, but I mean, they were the <laughs> right. Thundercats. Right. Was that game played in Colorado someplace? Where were you? It was actually here at Jefferson High School. Oh, so you've had a chance to play home games. Yes, that's sir. good. Um, so you don't go on the road until week three when you play Crucis, and then you got to go to Denver, and then you got to go to Arizona. So you've got, uh, I, I see how the schedule is working. It's nice because you're playing essentially, what, three teams uh, twice each. Right, for the most part, yeah. That's there's good. A, there's a team like the Mile High Blaze. We only played them one time. And uh, the Rocky Mountain Thundercats, we only played them one time. Okay. But the other two, 
we we played them twice. Where, you said where is Arizona located? Now that's that's why I saw the Outcasts because I got Outcasts and Thundercats confused because they're the Outcasts. Where are they uh, located? Right, the Outcasts is actually in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, so you're playing. That's the Phoenix team coming here to Jefferson, and it'll be your second home game. How was the crowd for the first home game at Jeff? Oh, it was great. It was awesome. We had close to I believe a thousand people there. It was it was a pretty good crowd for an opening game. Take me back to why you started this in the first place. I want to know your brainchild and how really Sun City Stealth first uh, came on on the scene a few years ago. Okay, well, where it started at is I've been involved in some men's semi-pro football for a long time, since 2005. Okay. And then I got introduced to women's tackle football with a team out of Las Cruces, I believe it was in 2017. And it's not the team that the not regulators. the regulators. It was, a, it was a different team. Okay. And I'm actually from El Paso, but I have a lot of dealings with Las Cruces and El Paso, so I go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I got introduced to the WFA, which is the Women's Football Alliance, and we started talking. And mm-hmm. I was looking at different stuff. I coached for a couple of years before I got into the ownership program, and then I decided to bring a team here to El Paso. So I started talking about it. Started designing the logo, started coming up with a nickname and everything else like that, the colors, everything else. And then I brought Robert on board, too. I told him he, uh, he's a co-worker of mine. Okay. We started talking about it, throwing ideas back and forth, and ultimately we came up with the Sun City Stealth. Nice. And this is surreal. This is your third season. It's technically our second season. But the COVID season, we weren't able to do that. So, like I said, this is a second how many Official. of the ladies that are here today are on this team are from you know year one when you started versus newcomers that are here for the first time? I'm pretty sure there's probably about, what, 30? 30, 30, 30 newcomers or 30, uh, 30 from the first time? 30 vets that oh, have wow. been with us from the past year and a half, two years. And does that include the two that are here with us right now? Yes, it does. Very nice. These are the OGs. As to say, so Stephanie and Cynthia, you are the OGs. Congratulations! Welcome uh, to the show. Welcome to two of you, uh, both of you here. Now, are you both El Pasoans, like native El Pasoans? So I am originally from San Diego, California, okay. and then I had moved over here. So I've been here a long time, but originally from California. I got you. Now, uh, where did you did you go to high school here in town, or did you yes, go to high school? Yes, I went in California? to Silver Magnet High School at Jefferson. Oh, very Silver nice. Magnet program there. Now you had to be an athlete, right, Cynthia? So you were. What, what sports did you play uh, as a kid and as you got older? So initially, my favorite sport was basketball. So I played basketball through high school and also track. What you now, uh, as far as football goes, what made you decide to want to try out and, and join the Sun City Stealth for the first time? Um, so, in the beginning, I did not want to try out because, as most women, your first response is, I don't want to get hit and I don't think that I could play the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to go do a workout actually because they were doing it, was uh, off season workouts. I tried it for the first week just to see how the workouts were, and then I ended up staying and I ended up playing, and I loved it. Oh, that's a cool story. Yeah. So it was all about the workouts, really, and that got you hooked to, exactly. to see what, how it was going to go. Um, was it not as difficult uh, when, when you talk about the hitting? Because you're playing in the trenches. Offensive yeah. line is <laughs> tough. I mean, you've got to hold the defense off. They're trying to b- blow right through you and get to your quarterback, or you can open up the holes for the running game. It's a tough, tough position. It is a tough position, but it's not as hard as you first imagine it. So I thought my first game, the first season, I thought I was going to get killed. I thought mm-hmm. they were going to run over me. And when I saw the the way that the defensive line was from the other team, I was like, there's no way. 
But the more I kept playing, the more I saw, like, how my fundamental learning and practice and everything like that, just uh, continuing working on that. And I was able to become a really good player and a key player for, for the line. As somebody who played basketball and ran track uh, as a high school student, what would you say is the biggest difference in just your mindset now and what you had to do with your athletic ability on the field of playing football? So the biggest difference is a lot of strength. So with basketball, it was more um, you needed to be more conditioned. You wanted to make sure you were a little bit more agile. But with football, it combines agility with strength. So that's the biggest part that I had to throw into my workouts and everything yeah. like that to be stronger on the line. Now, do you have a day job when you're not playing football? Yes. <laughs> Is it hard to, to put the time in that you need to devote for this knowing that you've, you've got another job as well? Yeah, so, I mean, it's difficult as far as I'm a mom, I work full-time, and my kids all play sports too, so I really have to juggle everything, but I make sure I make time for the sport because it's what I love now. So how it's one you, of my priorities. How old are your kids? Uh, my son's 13, my daughter's 12, and my youngest daughter's 7. Oh, they might be just be loving this. Mom's going out there playing football and trying to beat up uh, you know, the, uh, the opposition on a weekly basis. That's got to be phenomenal for them. Yeah, they actually love it. So my son didn't start playing football until I, I had my first season last year. Mm -hmm. So he saw that, and he's like, I could do that then. If you can do it, I could do it. I said, okay, yeah. And then he started playing. So it was pretty awesome. Adrian, you love this, don't you? Yeah, I think this is a great story right here. Uh, I, I definitely want to know um, what what kind what is the best part about like hitting somebody else like on the on the defensive side. The best part of hitting someone else is when you get a highlight. So <laughs> you just knock them on the floor, and when they're not even like set, and you don't even think that that's something you can do, and yeah. you knock them to the floor, that's the best feeling to me. It gives me like an adrenaline rush, and I'm ready for the next play. Have you had some pancake blocks uh, so far? Yes, I have. I'm so happy to say that. Yes, I have. Do you have a mean streak when you're on the football field? Yeah, so the attitude changes when you're on the field. I pretty much, I think my players my teammates can say that I'm pretty girly girl mm -hmm. but when I get on the field it's a completely different situation I may run like a girl but I definitely block like any one of the linemen Cynthia Russell's with us right now um what is your nickname on the football field Russell or just they call you Russell yeah no Russ just Russell just Russell okay yeah that's that's good I like that do you do a dance when you destroy somebody like a defense you you you, uh, you put them on the ground do you do any uh, any dances no, not yet. I haven't done any dances, but I do turn and I look at them, make sure they're still on the ground. Well, when your offense gets into the end zone, then you can start dancing with them, right, and celebrate touchdowns. Exactly. Yep. I will dance with them. Oh, I love that. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to meet Stephanie, find out her story, and continue talking uh, Sun City Stealth football right now as Sports Talk continues. But first, Adrian standing by with this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. Now it's time to meet the starting quarterback for the Sun City Stealth. She's Stephanie Aragon, and she joins us here on the program. Stephanie, welcome aboard. How are you today? I'm doing well. You just listened to what Cynthia had to say. Yes, and, I, and I'm curious. How similar is your story to Cynthia's when we talk about everything from high school and what you do to, to really the joy of now playing uh, you know, football here with the Sun City Stealth? Yes, sir. So I'm originally from El Paso. I went to El Paso High School. Um, growing up, I played basketball and volleyball, and I even did some cheerleading on the side, but mm -hmm. really stuck to basketball. Um, and then um, as I got older, I stuck to volleyball. So volleyball was my sport. And so coming from a non-contact sport, unless you get spiked in the face. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, it, it is a huge adjustment. Um, 
off the field when I wasn't playing tackle football, I was playing flag football. Okay, so you were so you were playing football even before this started. Yes, sir, but flag football. Yeah. And, you know, um, it can get a little bit contact, mm-hmm. but not as intense. Uh, you know, you're trying to go for the ball and the flag in flag football, not for the tackle. And so um, it was a huge adjustment, something, very, you know, something very different. Uh, my idea was run, run, avoid getting tackled, avoid getting tackled. And, um, it, you know, I, I don't have kids um, like Cynthia does or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I do have a full-time job. I am a property manager for MIMCO. Oh, very cool. And um, like she said, you know, it is difficult sometimes to when you have your full time job, anything on the side that you're also part of to make that time. But you got to make it happen because in order to get better at your craft, you have to practice and you have to get better. Um, Some of the things that I've been doing to help with cubing was um, off season. We did flag football team. And I was the QB for that one. Um, I've been taking lessons, uh, these sessions with the quarterbacks from UTEP. Have you really? So you've been working with some of the UTEP quarterbacks? Gavin and Isaiah Bravo. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good for you. All right. Now I'm curious about something. You started as a receiver. Yes, sir. What made you decide that you wanted to try the quarterback position out? To step up for the team, to tell you the truth, sir, because our original quarterback, she did move to Maryland mm-hmm. for a job opportunity. And there's no stopping. You know, if you go for something bigger and better, go. We applaud you, go. And so... Um, we needed someone to run the offense, any, something like that, to get it going. So to step up for the team, that's why I took that chance. Well, first off, this is let's remind everybody listening, this is semi-pro. And what that means is a lot of the players either have jobs or they're in school because they have other things in addition to, this, to football. So there is a lot of, of, of a commitment involved. And when you do have a job offer in another state, like your quarterback from last year, you got to take that. Mm-hmm. Was it an easy decision for you to switch to quarterback? Did the coaches approach you about that? Or did you volunteer and say, hey, I'd like to try to be a quarterback this season? I think it was a mixture of both, to tell you the truth. Um, I've always I, I felt that I could throw the ball, but it's so much more. It's not just about throwing the ball. It's learning the plays, reading the defense. So that was something I knew, needed to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, you just throw the ball, that's, you know, that's not going to work. And um, we talked about it uh, during the flag football season. We used the plays that we're lo- using now to work on everything like that just so I can get that uh, um, preparation for the season. Not to mention, you need to have confidence in Cynthia and your offensive line because they are really your lifeblood. They keep you protected. They keep you from getting sacked and getting hit. So if they're doing their job, it makes it easier for you. Definitely. And this last game did not get sacked once. Wow. Gave me time. And I cannot give enough kudos or appreciation to my linemen because without them, nothing is possible. My center, Rita... Perfect snaps, beautiful. Just made my job so much easier and just it was smooth and made me more comfortable. And I've always had full faith in my linemen to get the job done. Let me ask both of you this question, okay? So, Cynthia, you and, and Stephanie as well. If I would have told you, you know, years ago that you would both be playing semi professional football in, in 2022 here in El Paso, uh, what would you have told me at the time? I would have said, there's no way. <laughs> there was no way. No way at all, huh? No. How come? Because I didn't even think that this was something that would ever come up as far as like a women's sport. I never thought that it would be football or there would be an opportunity for any of us. And secondly, because I never thought that that opportunity would be there, I never thought that I would get the opportunity to, to play. Okay. So you thought maybe if you had played sports, maybe some basketball or other things you could have had a chance to do, but, but football, no way. 
Correct. All right. What, what about you, Stephanie? Same here. Um, it's really funny how I first got introduced to it. I was playing in a flag football game for the Alzheimer's Association, Blondes versus Brunettes. Mm-hmm. And I just remember receiving a message from Derek uh, with the Sun City Stealth logo. And I'm like, what is this about? And he's like, I'm putting a tackle football team together. Would you be interested? And me thinking glitter, you know, nails done, everything. I'm like, no, there's no way. Like, it's too tough, too much contact. I'm a sissy. Yeah. But then, as Cynthia mentioned, earlier the moment I went to the OTAs and everything I just fell in love and I was like this is something that you know can be done and we're so grateful for the opportunity for it to be brought here to El Paso. How competitive are you when these games start uh, tell me a little bit about how your personality (laughs) changes. Um, So definitely competitive um, and I think I think you can ask anyone just how competitive. Um, Do you have a mean streak? Because you have to have a mean streak in sports. Yes sir. Um, Yes definitely. Um, I might seem like, oh, you know, oh my gosh, she she's doesn't look so tough or anything like that. But yes, that mean streak will come out. All right, that sounds good so far. How, and and uh, as far as you know, you said you weren't sacked your first game. How many passes you uh, complete? I think maybe four. Okay, or five. And you ran the ball a little bit too, right? Oh yes, sir. Good. I heard. I heard that, that the offense was was a run oriented offense in this first in, the, in this first game. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, how good is this team, ladies? Tell me. I mean, what do we what should we expect? You've got your next uh, home game, and that's going to be here um, at Jeff. Uh, it's going to be uh, this Saturday when you take on the Arizona Outcast. What time is that game, by the way? Kickoff will be at six thirty p.m. Perfect. So Saturday night at Jefferson High to watch uh, the two of you and the rest of the Stun City self, uh, Stealth. What is, what should we expect from this team here this season? So the Arizona Outcast have a lot of big girls. They they their main thing is a lot of big girls on the line, defense, offense. But what we're going to do is we're prepared. Our line honestly is one of the best lines, and we're going to hold them so that Stephanie has enough time to get off our passes. We want to try to definitely run um, more of like a passing type offense because yeah. they can't catch up to our receivers at all. So. You have some speed. Yes. Okay, I like that. Stephanie, good game plan from Cynthia? Yes, sir. And um, we already, yesterday's practice, we did the scout offense, scout defense to prepare, and then we also have filmed this evening to watch their games and everything to see what more we need to implement in our practices. My God, Derek. I mean, it sounds like it's a full-time gig right now. I mean, get back in the microphone for a second. You're watching film. You've already done your scouting. I mean, some people think, oh, this is great. They just show up and they play football. Uh, not the case. This is a this is the real thing, and it sounds like you've got a pretty good group of uh, dedicated women right now here to help out and, and want to make this thing uh, a big success for you. You know, it does take a lot of hard work and dedication, and we're constantly out there doing things. We're involved in the community. We're doing stuff all the time, all the time, and, and we know a lot of people have jobs and everything else, so we switch out on different days. Like, hey, if somebody could go do this, then, hey, let's go do this over here. Robert is very good at doing the marketing stuff. Uh, we do a lot of marketing for the WFA. I'm involved in WFA personally. I'm on the board of ownership, and uh, I am a coach for the WFA also, Team United and the All-Star team. And mm-hmm. so we're very involved with the women's football. Uh, it, it is very tough sometimes because we have to have a lot of people at practice, and sometimes they can't come to practice, so we have to make do with what we have. So we'll go over different plays or different things to make sure that they're ready to go for the next game or whatnot, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now that we're in season – they kind of got an idea from the first game, hey, this is a real deal, especially the new players. They didn't really know what to expect. We, we play 15-minute quarters, so they're long quarters. It's NCAA just like the, rules. Just like the NFL, right. It's actually NCAA rules, yeah. Okay. So 
they have to go through there. Uh, actually, last year against the Outcast, we I think I had a final score of 77-64. Wow. We set the record for most points scored in the WFA, like, ever. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, you know, actually not too much defense on there. It's okay. But, um, yeah, we, we went toe-to-toe, and, and that was a heartbreaker, too. We ended up losing that game. But, uh, you know, there's certain things that we have to adjust and certain things we have to do, just like this first game. We were, we were hoping for a different outcome, but certain things happened, and uh, we had a quarterback, JQ. She came back from Maryland, and uh, she was playing a little bit, but right before the season, probably about a month before the season, she, she went and she broke her, her ankle. So she was trying to come back from that. Uh, Stephanie had started. She was doing good. We wanted to put in JQ to see how she was doing, maybe get a couple of connections from her yep. and, and Steph together, you know, wide receiver QB. Sure. Um, you know, she, she was a little bit rusty. She came back. And, and unfortunately, you know, we didn't execute on a lot of different plays. Uh, we Little stuff here and there that you, you kind of. A first game. Yeah, exactly. It's all right. It takes time. You know, and, and, you know, in a way it's like disappointing, but in a way we know that they're getting better and they're learning. That's why we go over film. That's why we go over scouting and everything else like that. We're, yeah. we're trying to show them, hey, this is what we did wrong and this is what we need to correct. So here's what I want to do. I want to take a break. We'll come back. We'll find out what happens at these games. I want to know, like, what, what you guys are doing at Jeff. How much is it to get in to see a game? So we'll do all that when we come back. Right. Talk to the Sun City Stealth as they get ready for their second matchup uh, on Saturday night at Jeff High. Sports Talk continues right here. 600 TSPN El Paso. 11 in front of 6 right now. We'll meet uh, the class of 2022 for the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame, top of the hour. First, though, the Sun City Stealth are here. Uh, we have two players from the offensive side of the ball. Stephanie is the starting quarterback. Cynthia is on the offensive line. We also have uh, Robert uh, with us as well, who handles the business, and uh, Derek, head coach, and uh, put this thing together. Actually, the two of you guys put this together, right? Derek, really, you and Robert uh, helped kind of uh, start the Sun City Stealth uh, years ago. Right. We, we started, we had a lot of help from a bunch of different people, you know, talking and, and uh, we had a lot of support from the beginning, especially being a women's tackle football team and everything yes. else like that. And, and uh, I'm very thankful for the people that did chip in and help us out and give us ideas and help design the logo and, and everything else like that. It, it was very welcoming. There's a lot of people that put a lot of time and effort into it. How much is it to go and, and watch uh, the games, the home games here uh, starting Saturday night? Uh, the events are, or the tickets are $10, and they are on Eventbrite or our website, uh, com. Okay. As uh, $10 for adults and for kids, how do you guys do it? Five and under for free. Okay. Any, any kids, five and under for free, but yes, $10, $10 for adults and everybody else above five. And then once you get in, uh, you got a chance to go watch the game, get a good seat, enjoy some concessions, and all the other uh, fun stuff that's uh, happening at the game. You even have a mascot. That's really right. cool. Tell us about the mascot. Right. Well, the mascot, his name is Serge the Owl, and he, like I was saying earlier, he was named after one of our coaches that unfortunately passed away uh, a couple years back, I believe it was what it was. And so we decided to name the mascot in his memory and keep him alive out there with us. So he is involved with a lot of kids, and we do have a lot of functions that we're, where we bring Serge the Owl out, have some dance competitions, show up to different events, and kind of get them involved so that way the kids understand that we're trying to be out there and have uh, them involved in the community, more family-oriented type stuff for the football team. Very nice. By the way, Serge Robalee is uh, the coach that uh, Derek's referring to. And for those of you listening to the radio station, if you remember the name Serge Robalee, you should, because Serge was very much a part of Football Friday Night for years. Uh, ran the station uh, back as our producer, and uh, still hard to believe that he's no longer with us. But I love the fact that you guys uh, brought the mascot on board and named him after Serge. Nicely done, Derek. Very well.
Uh, ladies, I got to ask you both because uh, as we're running out of time here this hour, uh, not only do you have the game coming up in the season, then the postseason after that, and I, I'm just talking to the two of you. Sounds like playoffs is definitely in uh, in, in the cards, but you're also very excited about potentially uh, putting together camps for uh, for young ladies that want to play football. Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about that and, and, and start with that? Yeah, so we're really excited about putting together the first all-girls football camp, and we're partnering with um, the Dia de los Muertos and Dia de los Libros, and that's uh, something that we're super excited about because it's not something that has really been out in the community as far as girls playing football or even the aspect of a camp for girls. So we're super excited to partner with them and get that started for both stealth and get girls acclimated to, you know, this is a sport that they can play. If the two of you were kids and this had been going on 20 years ago and all of a sudden you have a chance to come and, and take part in a uh, girls, all-girls uh, football camp, uh, would the two of you have jumped at that opportunity? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Tell me about that. And, and Stephanie, I know you were excited about it. You are telling me during the break about how much fun you're looking forward to, uh, to having a camp like this for, uh, for, for the girls. Yes, sir. So it's definitely an awesome event that's free to the community of El Paso. Bring out your little ones out there. Even ages are um, to 18. You can bring a, a high school. If you're a female in high school, you can come out too. Just come out here and play the sport that, you know, we love to share with you all and to show that you can do anything that you put your mind to. When will that be? When will the camp be held? That will be April 30th at Memorial Park. Oh, excellent. Okay, so it's, do people need to register for that, or did they just arrive? Yes, they do need to register for that. Um, on the website, Robert, is that where it is? Everything's up on uh, suncitystealth.com? Uh, That's correct. So we'll have the pre-registration on Eventbrite. We'll have that live here in the next couple of days because we're going to get all that geared up in conjunction with our next king coming up and also setting up the, the camp coming up for the end of the month on April 30th. How about following uh, Sun City South uh, on social media? Tell us about how all that goes. So we are on five platforms. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter as well. And then uh, YouTube. And then the, the one that everybody's on is TikTok. So oh. we're on that one as well. So does Sun City Stealth have some epic TikTok videos right now? Yeah, we do. We do have quite we're a bit. We're about to have a new one here pretty soon. Uh, uh, yeah, I might know a little bit about that. That sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. As we wrap things up, uh, questions uh, real quick. Cynthia, favorite NFL team, and who's your favorite football player? So my favorite team is the Minnesota Vikings. But my favorite football player is Trent Williams because he's a left tackle, and I try to mirror him as much as possible. Excellent answer. Uh, Stephanie, what about you? My favorite NFL team, Dallas Cowboys. And honestly, get <laughs> a bunch of haters in this room. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I enjoyed the faces everybody was making at you when you said that. Who's your favorite football player? Honestly, my favorite football player is Des Bryant. Oh, there you go. All right, and you start as a wide receiver. Yes, sir. Do you flash the uh, Do you flash the yes. X uh, after you uh, score a touchdown? <laughs> let's let's say something on the matter. You know. <laughs> I understand. Hey, it was great having all of you here uh, in our studios. We appreciate that. I hope you have a great crowd Saturday night and the rest of the way. And let's come back and do it again. Okay. Yes, Thank you so appreciate much, sir. You. Fantastic. Sun City Stealth here in our Lubingo studios. When we come back, hour number three, we'll find out who makes the Hall of Fame this year. Scott Stein will join us as we continue. Start of our final hour here on Sports Talk. Tim Haggerty will join us uh, coming up in about a little less than 15 minutes. Scott Stein uh, will be calling into the show any moment. He is the president of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame as they get ready to announce the class of 2022. 
which um, is a pretty big deal, folks. I mean, every year this is the um, Hall of Fame in which the plaques appear on the Don Haskins Center in the concourse and uh, another great class. I'm, I'm very interested and excited to hear from Scott uh, to begin our final hour, who is in the, the uh, Hall of Fame. So, Dr. Scott Stein, welcome back and good to have you on. And uh, It's Hall of Fame Day, which is always exciting for a lot of our listeners. Yes, it is. And uh, we have the new class for 2022. By the way, um, I, I need to uh, mention before you announce the class that um, this year was was rather unique. Uh, there were meetings held both in person and virtually. And for the first time ever, voting was held strictly online, which, Scott, I'll tell you, I really like the system. It eliminated any confusion, any problems with uh, incorrect ballots uh, being, uh, being uh, voted on, and ultimately... I, I think it's a, a great way for the hall to go as far as uh, the voting goes here uh, for years to come. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I, I was told that we had the um, this was the most voting of any year. Really? So I think really electronic is the way to go. I'm with uh, you on 100%, that. hundred percent of uh, eligible voters voted. Now, be honest so, with me, uh, Scott. Uh, how nerve-wracking has the last couple of weeks been for you and the rest of the hall as you've been getting ready to, to come to this I, day here? It's tough. I, I think it's tough. Um, I know it was tough when, when I was uh, nominated myself, and so I know what these guys are going through. But it's tough on our side, too, because uh, we're anxious to find out you know, who got in, and I couldn't wait to get the email to tell us who won. And uh, we found out at 3 o'clock today when the voting ended, and... That's the other thing good about electronic is it's automatic. So, uh, like you said, there's no errors, no nothing. Meanwhile, uh, it, it's, it's super um, exciting. You've practiced uh, dentistry in El Paso for, what, 30 years now. And uh, let's be honest, I always thought that that's got to be a nerve-wracking thing, seeing patients all day, uh, five days a week. That's nothing compared to the stress of having to deal with the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, I don't know. This year has been a little stressful with the Hall of Fame. It's my first year as president, but uh, it's been enjoyable, and I've had a great supporting staff, and uh, it's just been a great year, and I'm excited to do it next year. Good. Well, let's start with the class. We'll go category by category. So let's begin first with the living athlete category. This was pretty competitive this year, and only three can get in, Scott. So who are the uh, three living athletes that will be uh, headlining the class of 2020 for the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Our first selection is Dr. Jim Bowden. He was a star member and leading scorer on the 76 Texas State Championship Eastwood Boys basketball team and a member of UTEP's basketball team from 76 to 80. He's an outstanding contributor to many civic projects in the city and for the, for the less fortunate. And he's also an outstanding triathlete that a lot of people don't know. Our second selection was Stephen Lee, an outstanding high school running back at Austin High School. He led the state in rushing in 1985 with 2,625 yards, nine touchdowns, including one game record of 419 rushing yards, which I think you probably know better than me, came close to um, Jones. He had a stellar football career at San Angelo State following that or he's in that college's Hall of Honor. Our third selection in the uh, living athlete category was Kenny Lucero. He's an outstanding cross-country and track athlete at Coronado High School. 
He was first team all state in 86. Then he ran at UTEP where he was three time WAC conference 5,000 meter champion outdoors and indoors. He was an NCAA All American. That's so a that's great list, three, by the way. For the, for it the, really is. And, it, and, and like you said, that was a really, really tough class. It was um, because uh, Charles, always, Charles Gurton and Herman Delgado were also nominated in the living uh, athlete category. And Scott, you can only take three. So, um, and, and last night was the final recap uh, before uh, the voting, which took place last night and today. And um, I, I tell you what, between Jim Bowden, Kenny Lucero, Stephen Lee, a terrific uh, group of, of three to uh, to headline. But I did want to mention both Charles and Herman since they were nominated yeah. in the living athlete category. You're right, and they were definitely um, great candidates as well. So let's move on now to the coaches' administration. Now, in coaches' administration, there uh, were six nominees, but only two get in. So you think about it, as tough as the living athlete category was, this was really difficult because all six had unbelievable resumes here, Scott. Yes, I agree. Um, This I think a lot of times is one of the toughest uh, categories to get in. Um, our first uh, candidate is David Moore. He's a coach at Clint High School boys basketball team to, and took him to the Texas 3A state final four. In 25 years, he had 11 district championships and eight by district titles. And then as the girls and boys golf coach at Clint, he had 29 boys and girls appearances in the regional golf tournament. What a great candidate. Wright Stanton is our second candidate, a highly successful club swim coach with SWAT and the Barracudas for the 22 years while he coached numerous and collegiate athletes. He's the former aquatic manager for El Paso Parks and Rec, and he won numerous medals on the senior circuit. Those were our two coaches. Why don't you tell us who the other candidates were? Well, first off, I'll say this. Um, you know, Stanton has spent 40 years coaching club uh, club swimming uh, in El Paso over the years. And you start to think about that longevity. That's pretty remarkable. But it was a great category. I mean, you had Bob Shook, who has an unreal resume himself when you look at uh, what he's done. Chuck Felice and uh, all the years he wa- was successful coaching high school football in El Paso. Larry Vukan who uh, won a lot of baseball games in El Paso and then has parlayed that into one of the best high school programs in the state of Texas when he left the city here and still very active. And Todd Ware, one of the legendary high school football coaches who I believe had well, like the second all-time winningest record against all the, uh, all the Hall of Famers. So you look at those four by itself, man, this had to be a tough one this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, that was just a really tough class. And uh, like you said, those the other candidates were equally as good. Absolutely. Um, but like you said, there's only two get in. Well, congratulations. Uh, tough, tough yep. class. Congratulations to David Moore and Wright Stanton as we continue our conversation here with Dr. Scott Stein, president of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. All right, two categories down, three to go. Let's get to officials. Four officials were nominated. Only one gets in. Who was the uh, lucky official this year? This year it was Chris Sneed. He's a collegiate football official in the SEC Football Conference for the past several years. He's also the son of legendary artist and Buffalo Soldier, one-act play, Thespian, Bob Sneed. He's a Hanks High School graduate and a 1995 graduate of Texas Tech University. Terrific stuff. 
and and somebody as you mentioned uh, with Bob Sneed and and his uh, lineage, uh, really one of the you know one of the great officials. And by the way. Uh, this was also a very tough category. You had Edmundo Mundo uh, Calderon, who spent uh, 20 years as a high school football official and then also spent time in junior college and has even kept score in football games for the last um, eight years, I believe, at UTEP. So he was nominated. Also nominated, Ken May, someone that, uh, again, uh, you know, as far as his officiating goes, Kind of, they call him the behind-the-scenes guy, but he is a legendary soccer official, which is what Ken May was able to make his name for. And then Charles Henning Miller was the final official uh, who, um, you know, raised in El Paso his whole life and somebody also that was part of the El Paso Basketball Officials Association and spent 48 years calling every level of sports. So you look at the, those four, Calderon, May, Miller, and Sneed, very tough, just like the coaches' administration and also the living athletes. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just, I mean, to get into the this year, is, was you had to be pretty qualified because every candidate was equally qualified. Let's move on. Media slash supporter of athletics. Only two nominated. So this was going to be a tight one. Who ended up uh, getting in here for the class of 2022? You're right. It was very tight. But the winner was Brian Kennedy. Founded the El Paso Sports Commission in 2003 as a CEO and elevating the world of sports in our Sun City from Conference USA basketball championships to Golden Gloves to a multitude of sports. Kennedy, along with legendary announcer Paul Strelzen, called high school football and basketball games in the mid-1980s. He's also covered multiple professional sports teams and UTEP as well over the years. Well, I'll say this. Brian Kennedy has a, an incredible resume and has done a ton uh, with the Sports Commission, the Coliseum, and everything else he stood for. So congratulations to Brian. The other uh, nominee was Joe Mench, who uh, yours truly nominated and still uh, will continue to nominate Joe until he gets in because the man spent 40 years writing sports columns. And uh, I, I had a feeling it was going to be a tight race this year, but... Uh, congrats to Brian, and uh, I'm still happy for Joe because it'll take time, but we will get uh, Joe mentioned to the hall where he deserves. And that takes us to our final category there, Scott, and that's going to be posthumous. There were three in the posthumous category. Who uh, ends up getting it to the hall this year? Well, our winner this year has been nominated in the past, and he got in this year. His name is Bruce Gordon. 17 years at track and field coach at Coronado High School, won numerous district championships. He was loved by all that knew him as a coach, a teacher, and a mentor in over a 31-year career. Wow. Congratulations to Coach Gordon, who was my um, biology teacher at Coronado, I believe. I think it was biology. Oh, wow. he, he taught science for me at Coronado and uh, enjoyed that very much. Got a chance to know Coach Gordon and uh, uh, always enjoyed uh, any conversations with him, even long after uh, I left high school and was at, uh, it was at uh, the radio station. So I'm very happy for him and for his family. Uh, however, we had two others that were in the posthumous category. One was Pablo uh, Darinsau, who uh, was a, one of the uh, lifetime cyclists and was nominated for his great work over the years. Cherry Jennings uh, was the other one who had been uh, a, a lifer at Vista Hills Country Club uh, for golf 
And again, um, very difficult making choices like this. But ultimately, that's your 2022 class, Scott, as we wind up and, and get ready for the banquet uh, here uh, later uh, later on uh, in May. Yes, sir. And I just you know, want to congratulate all the great nominees. And on behalf of the El Paso Sports Commission, congrats again to the 2022 uh, El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame class. Well done. Great do we, class. Do we know the date of the uh, induct, induction banquet? Yeah, the banquet is June 22nd, and our uh, media day is the day before June 21st. Okay, so there um, it is. Mark if people want to get tickets, yes, mark your, mark your calendar, and if you want tickets, I have a feeling with these inductees, it's going to sell out quick. So you need to go to El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame.com, and you can find out information and also purchase tickets for the banquet. Terrific stuff. Scott, hang on the line. Great job. Uh, appreciate you breaking down the class, and congratulations to everybody that's going to be uh, immortalized in the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll come back with Tim Haggerty in a moment, but first, Charlie One with one last traffic update.